Hi and welcome to the podcast, you're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with John Hastings, who is a brilliant Canadian comedian currently based in London. If you are in Melbourne at the moment, go see his show. It's uh, the best of the Edinburgh Fest at the Forum. And I, he's been on the podcast before, I really like his brain. I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation with him as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, and also I want to say thank you to my Patreon subscribers. This month you help me cover my hosting costs and buy tea for my guests and that is such a good thing, I mean, for me, obviously. Uh, So that's it, really. I've written a couple of posts, blog posts, which you can get at via my Tumblr or via my Patreon or via Twitter or on my Facebook page. They're all of the places that you can say hello and hassle me if there's anything you'd like to hear or more of or less of on the podcast alice r fraser at gmail.com or alliterative at alliterative on twitter a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e uh thank you for listening you're having tea with alice bros uh what's up welcome to tea time with alice and john's here too um that's good Uh, it's much a much cooler intro than my one What's your usual intro? Hi, and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's guest is... John Hastings! John Hastings, who is a Canadian, London-based comedian. Mm, uh, Carbon-based life form. the funniest people. In the fucking world. In the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a person with interesting ideas. I certainly am. I, uh, today my idea is, it's too grey and rainy to do uh, anything. And I also definitely woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and I hate when it's a gray and rainy day, and it's I'm also just like, bah humbug show business, because I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is about right. This is about fucking right. Are you grumpy? Or just disillusioned? No, I just got some, I just got some, like, I just got a couple of show busy things turned down last night as I was going to bed, and I'm, I was uh. pissed. Um, but yeah, it's the bad, it's the sad part of this business, which is, uh, we work a lot less, and uh, opportunities to make beaucoup cheddars, but um, also means sometimes you just um, you don't get to do down. some of the things you want to do. You have plans, and you, yeah, you have to throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall, and some of it is spaghetti that you love, and hope will stick, and it doesn't stick. And sometimes you don't even, you can't even afford to eat spaghetti, but you're still throwing the spaghetti at the wall. That's a weird analogy, because why would you want spaghetti to stick to the wall? Uh, because then it's al dente. Why don't you just taste it? <laughs> because you're a chef and you're not meant to eat your own product. Yes, you are. No, chefs are like chefs are like dealers. Have you ever been a chef? No. I have. Well, never. And when you're cooking pasta, you're supposed to literally, and you see them do it too. Is you're supposed to hold like there's a way to test it, which is you take it out, you put it to the side for a second, and it's a whole string. You hold the ends and you bite in the middle, because that's when you'll know it has a bite, which is al dente, which is a whiff. So were you a, sh- a trained chef or just an amateur? I know, I was a line chef. cook and I worked in catering. In oh my, dear. In my ute, or youth, which is a, not a truck, um, for Australian listeners. Uh, yeah, so that's what I did. That was one of my many jobs while I was breaking into stand-up comedy. So I've never had like a real job job, but I've had like... Line chef. All the classic showbiz jobs. Lawyer. Waiter, bartender, line cook, barista... That's all. I was I was a tutor for high school students, 
and then I would draw on people's jeans uh, in fabric paint the design of their choice for money and then I was a lawyer. That second one's not a job. I made money doing it. How much money? Enough money to get me through university. Did you pay tax? Yeah. Like you were a small business? Yeah. Weird. That just sounds like a weird activity like the kooky girl does to do, like the dude in high dick. school. I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I you definitely did that to a couple of boys. You had some crushes on. You drew a little heart. It's just because you're, you're sweet, Tommy. <laughs> I had no relations with boys other than my brother and his friends in high school because I was a, a bullied. And so we had like a, it was a girls' school and a boys' school and they shared a playground. But if I went onto the playground, the girls would throw sandwiches at me. So. Fuck. I used to just youth, hide in the library. Youth girls are such a pack of bitches. Like, yeah, they're pretty dudes psychologically. Beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, but it's not exactly the same sort of psychological damage. Like, no. you can be like, it's not, it's not, it's not hurting my soul. Uh, but they go right, they go right at your self-esteem. The girls. I know someone when she was growing up, she had to switch schools because for a year there was a girl that said, every time you talk, I'm going to punch you in the face, and she would wait until no one was seeing her to do it to do it to the girl. Do it to my friend. Wow. And it fucked her up because you're. Li- it can give you that kind of stuff is what PTSD comes from is your body's just... Yeah, yeah, ten- <laughs> tense in reaction. So I, uh, they put chocolate milk in my locker, which meant that my maths book smelled like off milk. Uh, I already hated maths, but it made me hate maths a lot more. I'm very bad at maths. I got 33% in my year 10 maths half yearly exam, which I think is a very good mark. That's how bad at maths I am. Oh, I'm the worst. I was kicked out of summarily removed from every math class. Because I went, when Canada, our educational system was going through a flux, they were taking a year off high school. So going from a five-year teenage adolescent education system to a four-year uh, the United States. And they did that for, I was the first guinea pig, so just a bunch of things changed. So they kept moving around curriculums, which meant grades changed value where you were supposed to be changed value in terms of math classes. Like, I get put in academic maths and fail. Yeah. So badly, they have to move me down and move me down. But then you do so well, they move you back up. Because it's, like, practical math, everyone can understand. Like, arithmetic. Yeah. It's that fucking nonsense, like, calculus. You're going to need it every... Whoever the fuck it is who said... You need math for everything. No, he's a fucking liar and should be shot in the in the general. It was some fucking white man working for the math lobby. Well, I mean, I think maths would be fine if they taught you like how to do a household budget, how to do taxes. Like genuinely, those are what you need maths for. But they don't. They and they never teach ref- you that stuff. I've never needed to use a graphing calculator ever in my life, ever. And I remember specifically a teacher saying. This is the most important thing <laughs> you will learn. And I remember that was the moment I went, adults are full of shit. You are, lady, you are shitting on my dick. And that is why you were arrested for her- harassment. And that's why you got kicked out of the maths class. No, one of the did math, did that I tell you, did you see my show last year uh, uh, in Edinburgh? No. There's a story in it that's a true story of how I did get kicked out of one of the classes. There's a lot more detail to it, and the teacher is different, but essentially... Um, we were put in this one specific class that they created for, and there was, it, we were a part of a, a essentially a paper error. We shouldn't have been in this highfalutin math class. Mm. But and our parents like raised a stink because they're like, our students are gonna, our kids are gonna fail this class. They're just not good at it. And the principal was just like, 
tough titties. Your kids need to grow up and be men or women. And uh, Well, failure and, is important in and we, growth. We were basically told, because he, the one thing is, for discipline action, the teacher can move you to another class. Mm. And the 15 of us were effectively told by our parents, go wild, get kicked out of that class. And the teacher was on to us. Wouldn't, her name was, oh, what was her name? She was from Japan. And she was really into pro wrestling. And I like I, her already. And I, I can't remember her name. My friend Paul was here. The problem is her name is very close to being like a really racisty sounding name. Like her name wasn't like Mrs. Bitsa Bindua, but it was very close. So I, 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 anyway, long story longer. I force, <laughs> I have something called dyspraxia and I also am just an airhead and a blockhead. And if I'm tired, I will just blurt words out early in the morning. I, for, I still don't know why. This kid Matt Page asked me what I was doing this weekend. I said, I don't know. And then I clapped twice and then pointed at him and said, I bet you you're going to be doing some of that. And then I said the N-word and then dancing and was then kicked out of the math class. Was he a nope. young... Nope. White people. There was no black person anywhere near my city. Wow. That's good. How old were you? 16 years old. Oh, well, good. At least you didn't drive your actual car into an actual tree, just metaphorically. I didn't feel. I still don't feel good about it. It's but about the age where you're meant to kill I, yourself. I will. Know, I will tell accident. you who loves that story is my friend Paul, who sat right behind me, still to this day, thinks <laughs> it's the greatest. That is the greatest thing I've. He thinks that is the greatest thing I've ever done. He doesn't believe it was an accident. He's like, that was for sure on purpose and was a hilarious prank on us all. And I was like, it's not <laughs> on purpose at all. You whack job. We, well, maybe subconsciously you were trying to get kicked out of the class uh, in de- deference to your parents' orders. It's it was successful, and I was happy I did it because for God's sakes, who wants to know about math? But it is the thing, right? It's the thing that's going to come back in. Like I feel like everyone now who has any kind of public anything uh, at some point will have their Twitter fucking problematic. Thing that's why I just be honest about it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but even so, even if you're honest about it, people will dig it up as though it were a secret and like throw it back in your face. That's what I think. I agree, but there's some there's ways around it. Like Chris Rock for years, uh, like they were like he's cheating on his wife and all that sort of stuff, and he'd just be like, "Nah." It's also don't don't actually be that person, and those things blow over. Yeah. Like he, I know Chris Rock does it. Chris Rock has not been alone with a woman. Um, that's not his wife or his daughters in like 30 years. Wow. Because just like that. I'm pregnant with Chris Rock's son. Paternity test, prove it. Oh, you're not. Yeah, JK, JK Rowling spoke about this on a radio show when she went to America and was doing book signings and was so overwhelmed. It was like yeah. a first encounter with this like massive fandom, so overwhelmed with these people who'd come and be like, oh, Mrs. Rowling, I love your stuff. Mm. I love it more than anything else. She's like, Ms. Rowling, and thank you. And then they'd try to hand her these brown paper envelopes. And like the first time it happened, this bodyguard swooped in and grabbed it out of the guy's hands and put it in the box. And that kept happening. And she's like, they just want to give me this thing. What, why are you... And they said, no, 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 because what happens is it can never touch your hand. We have witnesses. They put go straight in the box. We timestamp it and seal it. And then when you publish the next book, and this is what happened, these lovely fans would write in going, you stole this idea, you stole yeah. that idea. And they had to prove, like, America is messed up, man. Super litigious. Super litigious. Also, such isn't that so fucking crazy? That's super 
bad. Well, it's the same thing because I've submitted stuff to like Canada's the similar system in show business, and even the UK. Yeah. When you submit a script, they'll immediately send you an email, being like, "We have received this script. Any other script we have in production similar to this? Yeah. Not anything to do with. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. That's what I've I've been in meetings with people who, uh, say, look, don't tell me any of your ideas. Yeah. Tell me what you see for the future of television. And, and you're like, what do you want me to because say? Because they can't know. They, what they're asking for is your ideas, but they're asking for it in vague generalities because they don't... They don't want you then to turn around and go, I had that idea. Exactly. And they also don't then want to have to sue or be sued or even have that out there because it's really bad for reputation and stuff like that. Well, people... I mean, if, if no anyone knows this, it's comedians. People have the same ideas as other people. Yeah. And people steal ideas all the time. And, and people steal ideas. A- and people unknowingly steal ideas. I've done that once. Uh, I wrote an article for Sydney University magazine and... It was structurally almost exactly the same as something I'd read on McSweeney's about two months before. Oh, yeah. And it just occurred to me, as in a dream, I was like, this is a great idea, hilarious. And it was just, someone was like, do you know this is exactly the same as this other article? And I was like, holy shit, well, that's it why is. I think so, but it's also one of those things where, but that in the case is like, that's just a mistake that you just make because you just, you forget. Well, I, was, I wrote it at two o'clock in the morning and thought I was a fucking genius and sent it in. And it was not. But that now that now that's something I'm really paranoid about. I always yeah, ask, is, have you ever heard this idea expressed in this way? Oh, always. Especially for stuff like stand-up where I will call people and be like, you ever heard anything like this? You ever, that's yeah. been done? I had a guy here in Melbourne, and I was very insulted by this, actually. But he came up to me about a joke, and he was like, I love that joke. And I was like, oh, thank you. And he said, I looked it up on the internet to make sure you hadn't stolen it. I was so insulted. I was like, "Thank you." Thank you. Like, why? It's a simultaneous compliment to me to my joke and dissing of me as a comedian. The premise being that, like, well, yeah. it was such a good joke that you couldn't have been yours. Yeah, it's so weird. I find that so funny when people are like, um, they'll be like, "I've got, I get this all the time." I was like, I "Came to your show, and you were actually good." And it's like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Go fuck I, myself. How about I go fuck myself? Like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. But then now, because of that thing that happened in second year uni, anytime someone says that, oh, I think it's, I, I looked it up. I look it up. I'm like, fuck, maybe I did. Because now I know how porous my brain is. Mm-hmm. That, like, you just absorb information and you th- synthesize it and you turn it into your own ideas. But it needs to be your own ideas. Like, it needs to be enough. It needs to be digested enough that it's going to come out. Like, people have the same opinions about me as I do about politics or whatever. They might even use similar metaphors, but I, it just has to be my... Totally. I think it's also one of those things where just speak about yourself and speak about from your life experience, and then no one can be like, you stole that. And it's like, no, that's yes. what actually happened to me. That, and I think that that's the way stand-up's going, especially if you're doing festival shows and stuff like that, because... You're having to draw from this well every year, and you can't just be like, you guys ever notice? It's uh, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on your feet. Well, also, the more specific you get, weirdly, the more general, more the more people can connect with it. If you're like, men, that's not as interesting as, like, I went out with a guy once who did this. Yeah, completely. In the same way, if it's like, I'm trying to figure out this bit about love, 
and it's like but it's that specific actual love and it's like and I literally do say it's like some of you thought you've been in this but you haven't it's the like it's the hate but love like that like the it's once you've been in it you're like I understand a guy who I understand a woman who like cut off her man's penis her and man's put it in pe- a blender because she, she cheated on it it's like yeah like you are the extension of me what it really is again I haven't really got there yet but it's like there's something about it because it's you if for a time you complete the other person and they complete you so you're this perfect sort of whole thing but then anything that that person does that's a reflection on you being bad and that brings out all the bad stuff in you and you finally have an opportunity to yell at yourself without people thinking you're crazy on the bus <laughs> uh, and it's that sort of stuff that I think is very interesting but, and it's, but it's interesting because in the spe- specifics of it, you get the people that are like I know what this guy's talking about and then you see the people reacting from the like I got no fucking clue what this homeboy is on about either. Like, and it's that nice sort of justification either way yeah I have a thing about children on buses where I say does anyone else have this where you see a baby on a bus and you think that's a beautiful baby and then you imagine a disaster scenario where everyone on the bus dies and you have to take and look after the baby. Yes. And then you meet the mother's eyes and you nod like, I'm ready. Mm. And it splits the room completely. Half people like laughing hysterically because they've had that exact thought and half the people laughing hysterically because they've never had that Well, it's the Well, pe- it's the people that have either... Yeah, it just depends on how much you live your life in your head. Yeah. Quite a... A good deal. A, g- a good deal. Said old John Hastings. Well, yes. I mean, unless I'm listening to podcasts. But, uh, so you had this jealous rage love thing. Well, it's not even a, je- it's not a jealous rage love thing. And I was never, I'm not a jealous person. I'm a, I don't like direct it towards the other person. I think that's where jealousy comes from. It's, I'll put it into myself of just like. <sighs> yeah. And I'm not even the one who got away. But it's, it's a part of a longer sort of bit but what's interesting with it is that it's a very relatable topic but also very unrelatable because some people just haven't found that person yet and some people just don't experience love that way you know what I mean yes like and some people are much more docile. some people are also way more like passionate and yeah intense yeah intense because I think passion is something that we all can get to but I think there's an intensity to some people's experience amour of emotion is. yeah it's that interesting thing that I think about morality where some people are just good because they're lukewarm people. I'm listening. You know, as in they they are their goodness. They would never commit a crime. They would never rage at a beloved. They would never they would never hurt anybody in this kind of extreme emotional way because they don't feel the urge to. No. They don't feel the need to do any of those things and therefore their morality is sort of inherent. But the congratulations that they deserve for it are maybe not that great. Whereas if you imagine somebody who's like got all of the lusts and all of the passions and all of this intense desire and need to, you know, destroy or have or, you know, take or, you know, fuck and all of that stuff, and they're con- and they behave in exactly the same way. Uh, are they more deserving of praise? Like the pedophile that never touches a kid. Is more praiseworthy than you for never touching a kid because you well, never if you're gonna get, to. Well, yeah, if you're going to get into that philosophical argument, it's also what makes a pedophile 
Do you know? Have you ever had this gone down this? No, I haven't. But I'm. Is the idea okay? So in his internal thought, it doesn't really work with pedophilia. But in the internal mind of a ra- racist is the big sort of one I like having because it's an interesting sort of. So there are people in that have learned that do have hate in their heart. Yes. That they never act on it, never speak on it, never discuss it in that way. But it's in their heart, and then people go, "Well, are they racist?" And it's like, well, it depends on how they live their life. Mm. If they live next to a black guy and are nice to that black guy just to keep up appearances so no one knows ever in their life and it, and it, the right before they die they write like never really appreciated black people being in my country and then they die I wouldn't classify that person as a racist I think that they maybe just have a weird psychological problem but like they keep up appearances to the point that society is okay I think that's fine pedophilia is a different sort of thing because they have those internal thoughts and will manifest here's the other problem with human beings Eventually, who we are does shine out. You'll be tired one day. You'll have to pee too much. Yeah. You'll have too much cocktail. You think that? Yeah. There's no no one. So for example, no one you like no one I think you've met has is able to keep the mask of who they really are. Consistently, consistent for forever. But then, the, then you have the kind of the sense of. Well, then, do you put structures around yourself? If you know that you are weak in certain ways, do you then, you know, create a government of yourself that you, like, you don't drink and you don't do a job where you're near black people or that you mm. can be offensive towards or, you know, all of those things. Correct, but then there's X factors, which is, like, that one day you'll be in traffic. Like, it's just something will happen where you'll be put in a situation pushed to the limit and you'll scream Jews, you know what I mean? Like, it <laughs> yeah, just happens. You'll, like you'll I, do, you'll you'll chuck a Kramer. Yeah, um, like I quit smoking two weeks ago. Well done. Thank you. And and so it's just like there are occasions where I'm like, I would really like a cigarette. Yeah. Yes, you would. And it's just it's my like fifteenth attempt at quitting. And here's the thing I've just learned at this point now, which is just like, just don't have the first one. Because it just sets you back off. If you're tired, yeah, go to bed. If you're hungry, eat something. Yeah. Yeah. If you're feeling lonely, give someone a hug. Oh yeah, the AA. What's the AA thing? I don't know. Tired, angry, lonely, hungry. But it's not in that order. But it's basically like if you're hungry, eat something. If you're tired, have a nap. If you're lonely, jack off. Like it's like path or something. Either way. I think it works very well for that sort of things, but it's also one of those things where it's like, but I will now be forever someone who has to be vigilant about that because, for umpteen amount of years, I did smoke cigarettes, and you just you know you can be a problem; it can manifest itself and stuff like that. But it's just like I'm just too old, and I just don't want to have gray skin. Yeah. See, I've never breath. smoked because if I buy a packet of chewing gum, I will eat the whole packet of chewing gum. In a matter of hours. The same thing, only you'd get cancer eventually. Yeah, well, arguably, if you eat that much. You know, so I just... If I, if I get chewing gum, I have to, like, take three sticks out and put them in my pocket for the day. Because otherwise, I'll just eat my way through a whole thing of chewing gum. Oh, that's interesting. And so I, that's why I don't smoke. That's probably why I don't drink, other than that, you know, 
the kind of setup of my life was such that it never came in my way as an appealing option. Mm. Like bullied at school, not asked to parties. The only time people offered me alcohol was as a secret trick because they knew that I wouldn't drink and that's fucking easy to tell if somebody's like, hee hee, have a drink, Alice, we like you. That's very clearly a lie. What a terrible school you went to. Uh, and then in, by the time I got to university, I was so overwhelmed and excited by the possibilities of people being nice and doing activities and having fun with people that alcohol was like... You know, it was like I'd had I'd had watered down apple juice for so long that just having apple juice was enough. I didn't need to put gin in it. Yeah, and you're also going to Cambridge, so it's probably like the alcohol <laughs> they were serving. Would you like some mead served for this falcon? Um, it is like that. It's exactly like that. I know. I've met, I've, met people, I've met people who've gone to Cambridge and Oxford. Do you want to know how I know that they went to Cambridge or Oxford? Why? They always bring it up. Do they? Yeah, it's a weird one because you feel ambivalent about it. I think everyone who's there has imposter syndrome except for the absolute, like, British aristocracy ones. That's very, yeah, that's everyone, like, even, I know people that have gone to Harvard. My friend Jesse went to Harvard. And even he's like, it doesn't feel real because you're just like, like, I'm not, like, Oh, where did Mark Twain write that book? It was right there. Right yeah, there. yeah, that's a nice... I genuinely had that exchange. That is a nice tree. Oh, that's Isaac Newton's tree. Huh. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's on the Cambridge... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's outside uh, fucking King's, I think. No, not King's. Uh, John's, I think. Trinity? Trinity. Anyway, and then you're like, that's a nice pond, and they're like, Byron used to swim in that pond. Oh, yeah. It's, well, that's the problem. With, that's the thing with England. You can't fucking... Th- hit a stone, throw a stone without knocking history on its butt, which is pretty cool, actually. Which I found very nice, except I found it difficult to write poetry because you look around and you're like, every metaphor feels used and worn by better writers than me, whereas Australia feels very open for writing. Oh, see, I think of it as it's a, it's a well-paved path, but it's also there, you, they don't see the world the same way you do. You're also not in the same city. Yeah. The city that Byron, the Cambridge Byron went to, was not the Cambridge of 2016. No. There weren't iPads and stuff like that. The problem with it is just a lot of people. I think <laughs> iPads. That, but you know what I'm saying? That that's absolute. This has absolutely changed the world. What's this? Oh, Optus is letting me know my prepaid's going well. Um, but like, <laughs> this is absolutely changed. This is more powerful than the shit they sent the fucking astronauts to the moon with. Yeah, which is amazing and good and true. But it's uh, also, it's, there's a connective tissue to the world that's a lot more, and so that can influence art in different ways. It's also how you present, it's also how you prepackage it, all that good stuff. Well, it is amazing how, like, people are so enraged with social media when in many ways it's the manifestation of the transcendental human urge to connect. Yeah. Like, I can see what my brother's doing a hundred thousand kilometers away. But do you think the singularity is within going to happen within the next ten years? You know, that yeah. I, look, I don't know. Um, the singularity, I think, particularly the sinister idea of artificial intelligence, is predicated on people programming into artificial intelligence the least pleasant aspects of human psychology, which people, I think, as a general rule, are not self-aware enough to program in. Yeah, it's things like vengeance and and greed and acquisitiveness and you know all of the biological urges that only exist to kind of keep us safe and reproduce in a much more difficult and harsh time you'd have to be quite self-aware to program that into a machine 
Agreed. I also do not think we're at a place where we're at a comprehension of what we can do with technology in terms of no one saw the internet coming in the way that it came in the way that it's used. Yeah. No one thought we are going to connect the world with the information superhighway and most of the information will be people fucking in various forms. Yes, and the rest of it will be people calling each other unacceptable things that they would never say to another human And conspiracy life. theories. Like, and conspiracy theories. You a, have to see my show. I've got a whole bit about conspiracy theories. It's a very good visual gag. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Here's my... Let me get off here on a rant. It's so ridiculous, conspiracy theorists, because they do not understand what they're doing is it's a manifestation of fear that you have because you can shout in a vacuum. The reason why you think 9-11 is an inside job is f to you, the idea that it was a guy in a cave who was able to bring down two giant towers... That's much more terrifying than a giant New World Order system. You're holding on to a fucking invisible blanket, you children. So just wake up and understand that the world is a random, far more terrifying place than... Well, as I say, you are a tiny, meaningless speck in an uncaring universe. Your life will make no imp imprint on world history. Yeah. World history will make no imprint on the galaxy. And it's so much better to think that everyone... Like, have you ever worked in an organization... Do you yes. know how bad people are at doing anything competently? It's not only that. You understand it's government. As soon as you involve government, you understand the translucence that is in with government to the point that they go, well, like, what about um, the Bay of Tonkin? They fake that. No. That's how you perceive it. Here's what fucking happened because they're fucking dimwits. Is that they, they missaw porpoises reflected and assumed... Um, it was misfired torpedoes. It wasn't. The, the call went up the chain, and they just went for it. Yeah, they wanted to go on war in Vietnam, and they thought they had their justification, so they went for it. But there's also a thousand other times where people, there's uh, cooler heads prevailed, and no one got fucking clipped. Look, if it cannot be explained by human incompetence, mm. and people trying to covering, cover their asses, people doing their job basically as well as they can so that they don't get fired... Uh, but they get home on time, yeah. then explain it by that. If it cannot be explained by those things, then it may be a conspiracy theory. Here's a bigger conspiracy theory. Why, uh, except for the Queen, is there uh, barely any women on money all over the world? Why is it universally is that women have make less than a man? And I know you, a lot of you listening are going, why are people still harping on it? Because it needs to just change. Because it's just... History will not be kind to us, ladies and gentlemen. We're in Australia. And Australia still doesn't have equal marriage. It's just annoying and stupid. It is pretty pretty dumb like, and weird. Like, those, one of the interesting things that I find, for me, is the intersection between feminism and capitalism. Mm. Fascinatingly... One of the things that went down for human rights when women went into the workforce, so what went up for human rights when women went into the workforce was women being treated like human beings who could work. Uh, but what went down was social mobility because women took all the jobs that like aspirational poor young men would take in order to break out of their social class. So poor yeah. men would be secretaries and... Uh, assistants assistants and, and, and all of those things which then women broke into. So... Yeah. We stratified the class system much more strongly when women went into the workforce, which is an interesting side effect. It's a very interesting side effect. It's also also women wouldn't marry up as much because it's it's no longer seen as the thing to yeah, do you, as you a woman. Don't, yeah, because you can make your own money as yeah. well. 
Yeah, completely. It's also bringing down the population slowly, which is actually having an odd byproduct that is actually something that needed to happen. It's happening slowly throughout generations. And as each country modernizes, the amount of people being born diminishes. You like. Why would you make a person if you can be a person? Why would you make a person if you can be a person? You also don't have the time um, to do it financially at this point because of how expensive cities are, especially a, in the West. I read this the so other day. Money. I got an email from some weird old school thing that I went to a selective school, so it's quite posh about yeah, you yeah, not yeah. having to pay for it. It's all about smart kids, right? So they, they sent around this information bulletin, presumably patting themselves on the back for not charging people for an education, saying that it now costs a quarter of a million dollars to put a, a kid through private high school in yeah. Australia. Which is bullshit. It it's should insane. be absolutely free. Education is a right, not a privilege. The best schools in the country should be public schools, and any politician who stands in that way should be shot. Well, but I mean, that's also yeah. Do you know what the the inherent sort of statement by making it cost a quarter of a million dollars to send a child to a private school is that you think it's worth it, and that means that you think it's acceptable for rich children to have a quarter million dollar head start on poor children in our society. And here's the funny thing: is statistically, it doesn't actually it like. You can, you can, a really bad school can affect a student, but a really, 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 really good school, if the student isn't a good student, does fuck all, mate. So that's the beautiful irony of it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, I question many of the structures of because it also depends on when it, within anyway. an elementary school and stuff like that. It's well, all just sort of base skills. It's up and towards a university. You had a better university education than I did because you went to Cambridge and I went to Concordia in Quebec. That, Doesn't mean that it, but that and that's at a higher echelon sort of institution. It also depends on what program you're going to and a lot of variants like that. And and also your relationship with your teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I. I had a very good primary school education, but I did not... I got good marks in high school without ever doing a piece of homework, without ever paying attention in class. I just read under the table. And I think one of the problems with education at the moment, particularly secondary school education, and to a certain extent university education, is it's turning people into very good servants. Very good subservient corporate drones. You are teaching people to obey rules. You're teaching people to learn... And, and perform on demand in high-stress situations. You are definitely not teaching kids to bounce off the walls. You're not teaching kids to try new things. Obedience in, inside schools is more important than independence or autonomy. But, but it was very funny, and now a byproduct of it, I just know this because I have a lot of friends who work within universities, is that kids then get to university. Because again, human beings are, it's, there's no changing the hardware. We're all the same. You can repress for a long time, but it comes out. Yeah. They get to university, and they don't have that hardline, deadline sort of situation. Yeah. And they all go fucking bananas. Yeah. Well, the other thing is also, if you put a lid on a flea, it will never jump higher than the height of the lid when you take the lid off. Hmm. So if you teach people that there are these boundaries... Early. See, I disagree with that. I think that I think it, again, it depends on the person that they'll fight against and they'll keep going. And it, you just—it's also, Look, but again, I've, that's up to the parent instead of the, as much as up to the system. Which I is, survived because all of my rebellion was quiet. Yeah, and it's also no one ever bothered me because I got good marks. 
didn't matter to them that I'd just sneak off and go to the library mm. because it didn't reflect on them on the, or their performance statistics. I kept my, my grades were fine, so yeah, I yeah. wasn't I wasn't a problem student, even though I was never present in class, never paid attention, never did any homework. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I was, in retrospect, terribly badly depressed, but no one noticed. No, and no one... But it's also, you know, the, the, the diagnosis of mental illness is basically only started in about the last five years. Yeah. Within stu- like, they would still talk about people being depressed and stuff like that, but not in the same well, sort of way of... My depression has always been situational rather than clinical, like chemical. It's mm. all, I mean, I had a hard time. Mum was very sick. Yeah. You know what? What are you gonna do? I do like you Other and my friend sad. Matt Simpson both don't refer, uh, don't say my mum. They always say just mum. I think it's the funniest declarative thing ever. Where they're always like, "Gotta go over to dad's house," and it's like, "What? You do it all? It's so funny." But I mean, you wouldn't. You would. No, I know it's your mum, but it's just it's because I and I think it's just also just a. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Finish the podcast now. It's done. We've run Goodbye. out of words. Goodbye. Tea is boiled. Beep. <laughs> what did? What tea did you have? I had a, I had a coffee with iced coffee in it. Yeah, coffee milk. You had coffee flavored milk in your coffee. That's so good. It's a it was an Australia, innovation. Australian iced coffee is. It's a nice treat. It is a nice treat. And then I think once this is done, I'm gonna walk down to there's a vintage shop on Flinders Street. I think I'm gonna buy a ridiculously garish shirt. That's and wear it on stage. Yeah, bro. I feel I'm just I gotta I'm just having a blue day, and I uh, sometimes I like a nice shop makes me feel nice. Also, they have a lot of western button up white shirts, and I'm gonna wear that. I'm feeling I want wants one of them. You want one of them? Do you but, not worry about sweating through white shirts? Nah, mate. Do you wear a t-shirt under a white shirt? Of course. Okay, that's a that's a good. A what good am I call. a fool? Yeah, no one wants to see a hint of nipple. Uh, <laughs> Behind a white, yeah. Um, what are you doing after the podcast? Because what time is this? When's is where we're winding up uh, in any minute. Um, where my uh, I'm going to go print out some little cards that I want to put to give to people to try and get them to listen to my podcast. Mm. Um, way of the future, I'm paving the way in case I decide to have a child so that I can uh, do it mainly from home. But uh, take the, I always think also take the kid on tour. Oh, no, I'll do that too. But uh, more like, you know, scal- like, scalable scalable media is what I'm slowly, slowly building towards. Like how crazy that would be if like, you're a four-year-old and you've been to a thousand festival. It would just be normal to you because you're just Well, like, you look at Mickey D and Boo Dwyer's kind of the kid. M- Moog? The Moog. Yeah. She's just carny kid. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. She's just sort of like, yep, goes along to get along. It's cool with it. Relaxed. Yeah, I uh, I would like that if I have a kid, which I you know don't know that I will. But if I if I if I have a kid, I don't want to not be able to look after it. Yeah, and it's also I think that a lot of people adjust their lives to their kid and don't necessarily adjust the kid to the life. Like equally, if I decide I want to have a kid, I know this sounds really weird and cynical, but while of course I'd like the man involved to be there, I think it's good to have the 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 compliment mm. um, I think it makes life a lot easier I don't ever want to go I can't leave 
for money reasons. Oh, or, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, for the safety of the kid or for the... Well, you know, like, I also think that those days are done in society, quite frankly. Even when people are like, we have to stay married because we can't afford it. To, like, you, I'm like, credit card. Like, go get three credit cards and just, like, you do not... I've seen people stay in relationships. I don't know how you stay in a marriage with kids. And the amount of people I know whose parents stayed together for the kids. Yeah. All of those kids were like, divorce. D-vorce. You yeah, I hate think, each other. Well, I don't know. I've seen... I think I take the idea of marriage extremely seriously. Because I saw with my parents, which was in some ways a textbook marriage. In that it was through sickness. Like, mm. they... They got married knowing mum was sick and not knowing how long it would last or how bad it would get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what it, what it would be. Because MS is unpredictable. Does your brain go? Do your lungs go? Do your legs go? Like, what order do you disintegrate in? Yeah. And I don't think they expected it to go 33 years, everything breaking down, mental stuff, everything. But dad was just completely unwavering and that was just the thing. That's what marriage is. Yeah. So if you're going to sign up for that, like, I don't believe in the Kim Kardashian style of like sign up and leave if you well, gonna she, sign she, up. one of those marriages as it turned out was fake oh god and she didn't tell the husband that it was that she was married yes, that, no they, she led the husband down astray and then did it and then basically immediately started trying to get divorced and all this sort of stuff oh and uh, he sued them for a fuck ton of money and they settled out of court effectively because he basically proved that um Old homegirl, yeah. Had faked. I think it should get exponentially more expensive to be remarried after a divorce. I see your point. Just, I mean, all we all just agree that marriage is for funds. Like, it needs, or there needs to be, like, different grades of marriage. Because at the moment there seem to be a couple of different institutions existing under the same name. Well, the problem is it's a legal term that was born out of a religious tradition that's and a actually quite dumb. dynastic sort of ownership emphasis on land stuff. Yeah, and trading. It's a business arrangement that has then been involved into romance and all that sort of stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just yeah, it's just we don't have, we don't have time for me to rate. Here's my problem with marriage, and here's why I don't like it. And if anyone ever goes straight. down on their knee to me and says, "Will you marry me?" I will say, "What do you mean?" I already right there hate the whole like go down on the knee, sort of like... Oh, I love it. See, but that's like, there's a romance to it that's really great, but it's also sort of like, why has the dude got to ask? That's true. Uh, because women are less used to rejection. <laughs> I'm well aware. And because we take higher risks in the relationship. Do you? Statistically, yes. In what way? What risk? Physically. Okay. Okay, like, okay, you're more likely to get pregnant. In any sexual situation, you're more likely to catch an STD because of the more open nature of your genitals. I understand. Uh, you are more likely to be the victim of domestic violence. You are <laughs> more likely to be the victim of financial abuse or emotional abuse. Which was financial abuse? That's where somebody takes control of your finances and then tells you you can't leave. What? Yeah, they're like, oh, why do we have a shared bank account? Fucking never leave. You can't have a shared bank account. But this is also, like, this is also, I just, because I live in a very weird world where I'm just like, people we know are, what? Yeah. These fools! Yeah, so I think, I think the things like, you know, uh, men occasionally paying for contraception, all of that is pretty, I think that should be pretty standard. 
just because women do take more of a risk. Yes, but I'm also not financially abusing. Like, you know what I mean? I understand that the risk is there. But by that point, if you're getting married, like, oh, it's just so crazy. And when you've seen engagements, like, not even engagements, but like, do you want to get married? No. When you've seen that, boo. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't think you'd ask unless you'd had a few conversations no. beforehand. But see, I'm also not a marriage guy. Like, I would like to have a partner and I'd like to be with someone for the rest of my life. But I'm staunchly against, A, the involvement of government and my finances. B, a party attended by, like, my immediate family. Great. Extended family, I don't I fucking understand why I need to have a party. Be like, I chose her. Gifts over there. There's your food. Like, it just... See, the... The involvement of government, I would understand. I do understand, actually, the, that rejection. But I like the... Like, there's a Burmese tradition of you ask the seven people on one side of your house and seven people on the other side of your house uh, whether you're married. And if they agree that you're married, then you're married. The public acknowledgement of the, of the relationship, I think, is a nice thing. And also the idea of, like, bringing all your friends and family together to say, like, this I is the unit now. I think that's nice. My thing is also, it's just with my particular... Fa- it's just it's just events and stuff like that. Which you don't like it, events. Well, it's a, like, if I had my daughter's here, it would be as, like, City Hall yeah, yeah, piece. Yeah. The problem would well, be... In many ways, Facebook um, negates the need to have that kind of big announcement party, which a, I think is what it would but have here's, been. But uh, this is just an individual thing for me, which is just, like, the familial po- political ramifications of how many people would be, like... What? I did not get it be like it's just like oh god I don't I just don't want to deal with it. You like I need like I need like three generations to die off and then I'm thinking <laughs> about like because the promise is like my immediate family fuck yeah but mm. there's just individuals within the larger group where I'm like why and I've said I've said this at like family events where it's like well if and when I was like all right but I get to choose the guests I was like well you got to have these people. Because you've gone to their things, so like, hey, I went under protest. The lucky, the the the, the good thing that you will have you are to so throw around. So lucky that your mom died, so you could not invite her entire side of the family to your eventual <laughs> marriage. I my mom was the least fussed about that stuff that, of anybody I've ever met ever. She didn't care about appearances mm. or anything. My dad is probably a little bit more uh, on that side of like keeping up appearances and status in society and class mm. and all of those things. But that's because he's, you know, the child of an immigrant. So all of that oh, stuff is quite so important. So Australian, throwing the I word around. Is immigrant offensive? Oh, I need to ask you about a term. I'm going to ask you in a bit. Uh, but enough of that for now. Where can people find you online? At the John Hastings for everything, including website. I'm back on Instagram. I'm having a great time. And to answer your question, Alice, no, you can't say jigaboo. That's very <laughs> Really? Yeah, bro. I didn't even know that existed. Horse monkey. Also, what? very derogatory. I don't know what that means. We're going to talk about this. Black-